Good morning. Welcome to March 1st. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. We welcome you. We appreciate you being here. We're glad you're here to worship with us. Let's come to the Lord as we read together responsibly our call to worship. In the fullness of time, God gave us Jesus that we might understand God's love. God's loving presence continued in the disciples, bringing again the message of hope and reconciliation. Let the bread and the wine we receive today give us strength and courage to do God's will. Let our lives thus strengthen, be a witness to God's eternal love for all God's people. Amen. Our hymn is number 303, All Who Hunger Gather Gladly. 303, if you are able, please stand and join in singing. need for you to sit on the floor, okay? There you go. I don't want anybody pulling a tablecloth off the table today. I invite children to come forward for lesson on the steps. Oh, 
all right. I need to know who can tell me what the word impossible means. You don't know? Do you know, Will? That's exactly right. You can't do anything. Are there things that you can't do? What? Climb a big mountain. Climb a big mountain. Okay. Anybody else? What? Alan, what can you not do? You can't go You can't what? I said you can't go can't go in a cave, okay. All right. You even, you even cannot, uh, you can even not, you can even not climb a house. You can't climb a house. All right, well I want you to do something for me. I want you to put your hand up like this. Everybody got their hand? Now, can your finger go up without your hand? It's impossible, isn't it? It's impossible for your finger to go up without your hand. Now, can you tell me what's going on in the back of your head? No, because you can't see it, can you? That's impossible. And I know what's in your shoulder. You know what's in your shoulder? No. What? Okay, I'm gonna read you a scripture. Now listen, because that's gonna tell you something. It's from Matthew 18, verse 20. Where two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. Is God with us to here today? Is that impossible or possible? It's possible because God is everywhere. He's in the window, yes. He's in the window, he's on your shoulders, he's all over the church and he'll go with you when you leave today. That's cause God can do anything. And then not eating lunch today. No, you're not eating lunch at home today, are you? Where are you eating lunch? Here. Here with me. That's going to be possible, yes. Yes, and we are going, we're going to have a good time. Let's pray. Yes. Dear Lord, you are the possible thing in our life. You keep us safe. You keep your arms around us. You keep us walking. Lord, we know there are impossible things we can, can't do and can do but we know that you are always with us. Lord, we bless these children, these families, this church, and the possible things that as we reach out, we can do through you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Ellen. I appreciate one of the things that she just said. And it leads well into an announcement and a reminder, an encouragement or a challenge for you to come tonight to the study on the Old Testament prophet of Jeremiah. Because in Jeremiah 1, I would encourage you to read that before you come. He receives the message of his call. And, and God reminds or tells Jeremiah that since before he was born, uh, God had set him apart for the task that he had for him. And as Jeremiah begins to, to doubt that call and his ability, God says, I am with you. Message that was communicated to Abraham and to Moses and to prophets and to leaders 
throughout the scriptures. And it's something that you and I need to be reminded of today is that God is with us as we go through the difficult uh, times and, and trials of life. But I want to encourage you to come tonight to uh, be a part of that Bible study. Some of you may have not been a, ever been a part of a Sunday evening Bible study, but come and join us. Uh, it'll be partly me teaching some, but also some interactive times as well for us to share together. But I would encourage you to read the first chapter of Jeremiah, but it is an incredibly challenging book. And uh, Jeremiah was a prophet who is known for his faithfulness amid some incredibly difficult circumstances. And just encourage you to come and be a part of that study this evening. Also, as has been mentioned earlier, there are uh, devotionals. We had 500 that were purchased and all but 40 are gone. Those 40, a few of them are on the, the front pew and some are in the back. And so many of you have already been reading those. I do want to say this though. For those of you, if anybody spent all day looking for Jonah 58 yesterday, um, I, I apologize. Uh, but at first I was thinking maybe it's Jonah 5. Then no, Jonah only has four chapters, but it's supposed to be Isaiah 58. So I apologize if any of you spent all day looking for Jonah 58 yesterday in your devotional. Uh, Bob Lamb was understanding. I talked to him uh, yesterday, which leads me into the prayer concerns. Uh, Bob Lamb is in the hospital. He is in good spirits and feeling okay, but uh, Friday night was experiencing some uh, severe chest pain, and it did not ease up. And so Saturday morning, Beth and Noel took him to Shelby. He received the help that he needed immediately, but they are running a stress test on Monday. They can't do that over the weekend, but they're running a nuclear stress test on Bob on Monday morning. And so be in prayer for Bob, but also for Ray, because she has gallbladder surgery on Tuesday morning. She was trying to talk the family out of it, but the family wasn't having it. So she is having her procedure Tuesday morning and Bob's is on Monday. And so be in prayer for the lambs as they navigate some things over these next few days. Also, we, uh, the church family extends sympathy to Irene Murray and the passing of her brother, Lawrence Tony. I know there are others that I have heard about, uh, family members of some of you that are present this morning that have experienced the loss of a loved one, and we certainly extend our sympathy to you at this time. As I pray this morning, as I often do, uh, at the end of it, we're going to do something a little bit different. We've done this on occasion, but I'm going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I don't think the words will be on the screen, uh, but just encourage you to pray along with me when we get to that point. And we'll use the words debts and debtors. Uh, Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors when we get to that part, because it's usually either trespasses, sins, or or debtors. And so that's what we'll use this morning. But uh, let's go now to the Lord in a word prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for yet another opportunity to gather together as your people. Boiling Springs Baptist Church, family, friends, guests, students. Father, we come together as your body. Lord, as we think about the table that is before us and and the bread and the cup that we will share together in a moment, we're all reminded that we come together as one when we do this. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And no matter our degrees, no matter our positions in the community, Lord, we all come in need of a Savior this morning. We all come as sinners in desperate need of your forgiveness and salvation. Father, remind us of that this day. Lord, we do thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for the simple message that Ellen shared with us from your word this morning about how you are with us. And that, Father, you have made the impossible possible. You have taken uh, sinful man and divinity and brought us together with you through the death of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Lord, hear our prayer this morning. As we prepare to come to the table and share in the Lord's Supper, again, Lord, we are reminded that we are all equal partakers when we come to the bread and the cup. We ask that through the body and the blood symbolically represented here today, that you would refresh those who are tired, that you would heal those who are sick, 
that you would encourage those who stand in need of that today. Provide direction for those seeking it and for important decisions that may need to be made this coming week. Humble us, God, as we come together as one body, worshiping and serving one Lord. We close this prayer by praying the words you gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our hymn is number 466, Jesus at Your Holy Table. If you are able, please stand and join in singing number 466. Father, thank you, God, for your creation, the heavens and the earth and everything in it. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sin if we believe in him. And thank you for blessing us with the Holy Spirit, revealing your goodness to us. Remind us every day to surrender to you. In thanksgiving, let us give back to you what you have 
so abundantly provided. And bless our offerings that it may help to further grow and glorify your kingdom. Amen.
In church, we sing and preach and talk a lot about Jesus. Appropriately so. He's a big deal, right? Amen? The choir just sang a song, Jesus, Messiah. We talk about the things that Jesus said. We talk about the things that Jesus did. My favorite, um, uh, I guess, description of Jesus is obviously that of Savior. And next would be that of the Good Shepherd. That of the Good Shepherd. We like it when he says things like, my peace be with you. We like it when he says things like, I do not call you servants, but I call you friends. We like it when Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. As so many of Jesus' sayings offer us hope and reassurance. But other words of Jesus challenge us, and if we're honest, disturb us, sometimes a little bit and sometimes a lot. Certain words of Jesus leave us unsettled. We seek to apply or understand the intended meaning that Jesus had to say. Some of Jesus' sayings are still hard to understand in today's world. We can try our best, and scholars have approached some of these difficult passages of Scripture, and they've talked about uh, that, you know, Jesus was using simile or metaphor, or he was being, you know, figurative. He was using irony or hyperbole or overstatements, and Jews would often, as they told stories, would overstate things for emphasis. But we know, and we know a little something about those, those things, but we also use sayings in the South, amen, that sometimes can be a little hard to understand. And I, you know, I grew up in Hendersonville, but coming into Boiling Springs, there were certain things that I, I hadn't heard that one before. Um, but there are common ones that we've all heard. And if you're up north, and I know we have some folks from up north with us this morning, I, I won't say any more. But um, there, there, uh, there are some things that I think most of us understand, but we may not, you know, things like till the cows come home or if it doesn't amount, or excuse me, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. I mean, these are common, we know what these mean, but there may be some people who don't exactly know what this means. Uh, if the creek don't rise, you know, I remember my dad saying that, well, I'll be there if the creek doesn't ri don't rise. And as a kid, I'm like, what, what does that have to do with anything? And you know, you just kind of learn these things growing up, right? And then the one about too big for his britches. Most, a lot of you have heard that one before, I know. Um, maybe you've said that to your children as well, but common sayings, but again, uh, Jesus' difficult and hard to under understand sayings are not all that humorous, like the ones that I just shared. When he said things like, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father or mother, he cannot be my disciple. These are tough. What did Jesus mean? What about when he said, you must be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect? Anybody here fulfill that one? When he said, love your enemies, or what, what about in the Sermon on the Mount? I mean, they had some tough things in the Sermon on the Mount. Am I right? He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's tough. What about when he said, go sell all you have and then come and follow me? Our focus for today is Jesus's difficult words that are found in the Gospel of John, chapter 6 verse 53 and 54, and they read, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I want to encourage you to join us over these next several weeks. We're going to be looking at some of the difficult sayings of Jesus on Sunday morning here for our, our message time. But let's look at all of today's passage, if you will, in John chapter 6. And I want you to remember, take into account that at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus has just fed the 5,000, okay? 
So it's just important to remember as we dive into this. But um, so uh, we find the words of Jesus in John 6, verse, beginning at verse 48. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. So Jesus is kind of setting the stage for where he's going here. He's reminding them that the bread that they ate was not bread that turned into everlasting or helped with everlasting life, but it's bread they ate and again, they died. In verse 50, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them, just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. God, I pray that you would take these difficult and powerful words and use them to stir our hearts today. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Today's passage in verse 48 of chapter 6 of John starts out okay. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. We like that. That sounds good. But then it quickly just goes weird. It just goes strange. Jesus starts talking about some things that, uh, let me just say this, Jesus is not promoting cannibalism. Let me go ahead and just say that. He, he's, not, he's not doing that. Uh, matter of fact, later in verse 60, these, these words were so difficult, it tells us that after hearing this message from Jesus, many of his disciples said, this is a difficult statement, or this is a hard saying in some of your translations. Who can hear it? Who can listen to it? Some Greek translations say, this is more than I can stomach. Some of you may have felt that way as we were hearing this about eating his flesh and, and drinking his blood. It was here that some of Jesus' disciples were greatly offended and turned and walked away and no longer followed him. This would not be the 12 disciples, but other disciples that were following Jesus at the time. Being a Jew, they could not imagine eating flesh and drinking blood. There were laws that condemned such behavior. As Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life, he was not saying simply that I am the giver of the bread, but he's saying he was and he is the bread. Jesus was saying, I am the source of life. This is, a still, this is still a hard and difficult saying for us in 2020. I would like to offer some suggestions as to why Jesus said what he said the way he said it. And these suggestions are partly my own words and partly that of pastor and teacher William Tuck. And the first suggestion is when we come, when we seek this idea of, of greater fellowship, of spiritual fellowship with God, there's a, deep, there's a deep mystery that's involved in this. We know Paul used this word mystery to talk about this relationship that he had and the calling that he had with Christ and the message that he proclaimed was a mystery. In Ephesians 3, you can go and read that later. He mentions that word more than once and he speaks of this mystery that is being in Christ. And with having said that, what does it really mean to be in Christ 
for, for, or for Christ to be in us. We talk about that. We use that language a lot. Many try to put the mystery of being in Christ and such out God's grace in our lives is not as simplistic as some may lead us to believe and some may, again, it may sound from some. The symbolism of the bread and the cup help us to uh, dive into this mystery, if you will. As we eat of the bread and as we drink of the cup, we are reminded of this mystery. There's something mysterious about this relationship that we have with Christ. We know that he's in us. We can give testimony about how God has worked and moved in us. And yet, it, sometimes we can't put it into words. It's difficult. But yet the bread and the cup help us to make sense of something sometimes that we simply can't find the words for. These pictures of a small piece of bread and a small cup tell us more than words can convey. Another suggestion, and the one that I camp out on this morning, the one that I drive home hard this morning, another, again, is that this means that Jesus said what he did about eating flesh and drinking his blood because he wanted to assimilate, he wanted us to incorporate uh, himself into our very lives and into our very beings. I believe this is at the core of what Jesus was saying here in John chapter 6. When we eat physical food, it is digested into our bodies. It is absorbed into our systems and provides us nourishment. Our food becomes a part of us. Yes, this may be a little gross, but go with me this morning. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ and invite him into our lives, we begin finding spiritual nourishment in him. We begin to feed on him. We begin to feed on his words. Uh, we begin to feed on the will and the way of God through worship and through Bible study, through fellowship with his people and with his church. We incorporate his presence into our inner being. Simply knowing and learning about Jesus is different than allowing Jesus to set up camp and to reside in our inner being. I can read Jesus' words in John, but this is different than receiving his words into the inner man. We all know of people who have sat in church for many, many years, who have attended Bible study, who may even know scripture in their head, but it's different when we begin to apply the words of Jesus into our lives and we begin to see what Jesus can do in someone. I hope that all of you in the room have had the opportunity to see what happens when Jesus comes inside someone, comes to dwell in someone's inner being. And we begin to see a change. We begin, we begin to see a transformation that no parent, that no school teacher or coach or anybody could bring about. But it, it has only happened because they've taken the words, they've taken the spirit of the God, spirit of God, and they've brought that spirit into their inner being. And it's changed. We see a difference in their lives. I can't help but think of in the Old Testament, Ezekiel. Uh, and I also know of a passage in Revelation and then Jeremiah who we're looking at tonight at different times, God asked them to eat the scroll, if you will. I remember learning that as a kid and thinking, this is, this is strange. But to take the words of God and to, to take it into their being, uh, to, to allow Christ to have his will or allow God to have his will in his way when they were commanded to eat the scroll. It was Jesus himself who said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus wants this same kind of relationship with you and with me today. The last suggestion was when Jesus was speaking these words, he was also communicating the costly nature of grace. The costly nature of grace. He was speaking about the fact that discipleship demands something of us. When we take the Spirit of God into our beings, when we eat of his flesh and drink of his blood as symbolized through communion, when we partake of Christ and he is becoming a part of us, he is in us, it's not just something that we benefit from, but it's also something 
that is asked of us as well. Our salvation cost Jesus his flesh and blood. And to benefit from such a costly gift, we have to receive it. When we come to the Lord's table together, we do so acknowledging his love. We come acknowledging our sinfulness and our helplessness. And we come to experience God's grace. We must receive it. And then when we do, again, God asks something of us. If we have taken Christ and his message into our lives, we must feed on him. Again, the Lord's Supper is a way that we symbolically do that. As I said earlier in this text, um, actually after the text today in verse 60, and we read of another one as well, where we learn that Jesus, uh, some of followers in verse 67, Jesus said, you do not want to go away also, do you? As he addressed the 12, others have just left, but he's looking at his 12 disciples, those who would eventually go and change the world but who at times didn't show that great promise. He looks to them after many had left, after these hard sayings, and he looks at the 12 and says, you do not also want to leave, do you? And then the first person to speak up, who would often speak up in moments like this, Peter responded, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Christ has spoken these difficult words to us this morning. He spoke them to those in in, in the audience here in the first century, but he also has spoken them to us this morning as well. Will we walk away as some did in this setting of John chapter six, or or will we join with Peter and say, you are the Holy One of God. You have the words of eternal life. What will be your response? I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I'm going to ask our deacons if they'll go ahead and and make their way to the front as we prepare for the Lord's Supper this morning. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, for the sacrifice of your flesh, your blood, for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, I pray that today as we partake of the bread and of the cup, as, we, as these elements go into our bodies, that, Lord, we will be reminded that you also desire that as well. Father, I pray that your spirit would reside and be at home within our bodies. Lord, help us, help our thinking to be that in line with your will. Help our feelings, Lord, to be in line with your will. Father, come into our very beings. Consume us. Lead us and guide us in all things. We ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. As Jason and Justin come to um, uncover the elements, hear a word from Paul in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 24. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Christ, as he was there with his disciples, as they were partaking of the bread, said, do this in remembrance of me. Later, in that 1 Corinthians 11 passage, we find these words. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
the message of the gospel is truly good news for all, all in our world and all present here this morning. And as I said near the end of my message this morning, it is also a cost, it is a grace, but it's also a costly grace. Much is demanded of us. And let us remember that as we partake this morning. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. For your blood and body, your blood that was shed, your body that was broken on Calvary. Lord, we can never repay you for the gift that you have given us through your son, Jesus, our Savior. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Help us, Lord, if we need to do business with you this morning. Lord, whatever that may mean whether it's praying at the altar or just praying where we are. Lord, if there's relationships and conversations that need to take place, give us the courage to have those conversations. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to worship and to remember you in this way. We ask this prayer now in Jesus' name. Amen. Scripture tells us that um, after the meal, before they left, that they shared a hymn, and we would like to do that as we share in our closing time this morning. It's be, the hymn is found on page 169 in your hymnal, Lord, who throughout these 40 days. Let's stand and sing together. And as we sing together, if you would like to, to pray or discuss uh, church membership as well, uh, the altar is open for you to do that. If there's other decisions or commitments that you would like to make, please know the altar is open. Let's stand and sing together. devotions we have here in the front and also some in the back as well. I would love for these to be gone before we all leave today. Uh, they're not going to do anyone any good sitting here. Uh, many have been given away, uh, some, at, some at even area businesses and things like this. And so please take them, give them to family and friends, some of which may be in the area, some of which may be not. And so um, just uh, let me remind you to this evening at five o'clock and study on Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah was faithful to the mission, a very difficult mission that God ask of him and come tonight as we will enjoy, I will certainly enjoy sharing with you tonight 
um, about Jeremiah. There's other opportunities to study this week at 11 o'clock, Wednesday prayer meeting, and just encourage you to be a part of that if, if you can. And uh, be sure to speak to someone you haven't spoken to before you leave today. Let's pray together. God, we thank you again for the gift of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you again for your body, for your blood. Lord, help it to not be just something we read about and talk about, but help it to be something that we take into our beings, incorporate into our very lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.